Awakens Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and eulogize the latest canonical Star Wars film one minute at a time. I'm Fuck Cumson from Kickass and ChewBubbleGumNews.com. And I am Dylan Panini from Birth, Eat, Movies, Come. And today we're discussing Minute 18 of J.J. Abrams' magnum opus, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, Dylan, quite an exciting minute we've got here. That's right. And quite an exciting guest we have to pair mm-hmm. with this minute of J.J. Abrams' film. Now, this is one of the most epic minutes in The Force Awakens, I'd say. Yeah, it's basically 140-something epic minutes, one stacked right after the other. Mm-hmm. But I think around minute 18 is one of its many peaks. Yes, I agree. It's because we meet a pivotal character at this moment. Well, let's not get too, too ahead of ourselves. Okay, 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 okay. Um, uh, you know what? Let's introduce our guest. This is very, very exciting. We, we bring in a lot of people from the world of film blogs, from mm-hmm. the world of film criticism, from the world of uh, film blog podcasts, which are podcasts that are focused on uh, critiquing film blogs. That's right. Um, but we actually have someone from the Star Wars films. We have, you know her probably best by her reputation as the female Andy Circus. Lady Circus, they call her. Lady Circus, they mm-hmm. call her. She is a CGI motion capture specialist actress uh, who's been featured in a number of films. She was huge in the Star Wars prequels. Angora Butterman. Hi, Angora. Hi. Hey. Wow, it's so great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you, honestly. A lot of actors, we ask actors all the time to be on the show. And they just won't come on. We they get a ref- lot of declines, a lot of outright refusals. Outright really? refusals, yeah. yeah. But I guess with you, you're kind of like a half actor in a lot of ways, uh, being, um, you know, using special effects and not actually seeing your face or your body on screen, just and, your yeah, movements. Yeah, typically not my voice either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Just, your, just sort of your mannerisms are sort of filtered through a computer. Yeah, I think of myself as a half actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely do. You don't find that de- demeaning at all, Angora? No. Oh, no. I mean, I know what I am. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not skilled with dramatic acting. I'm not skilled with comedic acting. Mm-hmm. I'm skilled with moving my body in specific ways as I'm instructed to do. So, yeah. you know, I have a gymnastics background. Mm-hmm. I can pretty much contort myself in almost any position, and I'm happy to do that for you at any moment. Yeah, so. you're kind of sitting in a very unnatural position. I was right hoping now. you'd say that. Um, yeah, as you can see, I have my legs, uh, my feet are above my head, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a, I have them tied to a rope hanging from the ceiling, and I'm kind of in my own personal body hammock. It's, yes, my my arms are going through my legs in the front, and I'm hanging out. Mm-hmm. Now, guys like us, who we'd kill for that sort of flexibility. <laughs> 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 if I had that kind of flexibility. I don't think I'd, I'd ever leave the house. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, I think, uh, uh, well, uh, Dylan knows what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Actually, I might leave the house if there's a new canonical Star Wars film in theater. Which there will be every year from here on out, it seems like. Oh, is that good so. news for you? It is. It's a stable <clears throat> income. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you guys long for that? Yes. Yeah. Big time. I mean, the film blogging industry is, you know, it has its ups and downs. Unlike J.J. Uh, Abrams' The Force Awakens, which is just basically a constant series of peaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are valleys. There are low points. There are a lot of low points in life. Um, um, but and, and speaking of low points, you know, Angora, uh, 
I, I feel like since you're being so open, I'm comfortable bringing this up to you. You actually had a role in the Star Wars prequels, which was very big. But then for Episode Seven, your role, every actor's nightmare, every CGI actor's half nightmare, I assume, you were left on the cut, cutting room floor. Yeah. yeah um, was. What was your character going to be? It was a monkey, actually. A uh, monkey? Yeah. And the monkey was, it was a, uh, as with every, you know, film of this nature, it wasn't just your typical monkey. Uh, it had a human face. Right. Um, and of course, it wasn't my face. It was another actor that was hired um, who shall remain nameless because he didn't get scene yes. and I think it's probably embarrassing to really you know relive that for me it's fine because I'm so confident you know I feel fine mm-hmm. about what I do and I feel fine if it's on the cutting room floor I had fun in the moment you right. know swinging from from vine to vine or you know metal vine to metal vine oh so they use metal vines in the uh, the CGI workspace that well, actually that's just that's something that only the Star Wars universe could come up with you take a thing like a jungle something everyone knows right you replace the lush uh, green uh, you know, uh, pro, I guess you would call it a, pro, a produce, produce vine. Yeah, I think you'd call a vine produce. And you replace it with a metallic metal vine. Yeah. That's only something that could happen in the Star Wars world. Uh-huh. There's no other movies that could think of something like that. I just, I, I think that that would have been completely epic. And I don't know why it was left on the cutting room floor. I, I feel like that's the exact type of character that just would have put this movie over the edge, even though I do worship the movie. Well, but. yeah, it was a hilarious character, actually. It was kind of the new Jar Jar Binks. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called Monk Monk, and he was very <sighs> hilarious and always kind of pulling pranks and, and joking with people. And I guess just uh, it was always his moments would happen at the end of an epic scene. Right. So they kind of it was easy to kind of just slice him off right there because they'd have some big conversation. Then the monkey would come and do something funny and amazing. And then, you know, I guess it didn't really work with the tone ultimately. Yeah, I read that the scene where Kylo Ren interrogates Rey which I know before everyone blows up our Twitter mentions, I know that's minute 98 and I know we're not going to get there for mm-hmm. another 80 episodes or so. So please just calm down. Mm-hmm. But I just, just to jump ahead for one second, I know I had read uh, on a blog that the end of that scene, Monk Muck was going to swipe in and then um, drop his space trousers <laughs> and sort of uh, flop his half-human, half-ape genitals around. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that, uh, the balls were ape and the penis is human. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, but <laughs> ape balls, human penis. Uh, you know, again, just another thing that only Star Wars would do. Yeah. Uh, this would have been the first uh, phallus that we saw within the Star Wars universe. Right. Uh, and I, I really feel like the fans missed out because of that. Yeah, and I spent a long time working with a phallus attached to my body to get comfortable in my form. And so by the time we were shooting uh, all of my stuff, you know, I was very comfortable with my penis and very confident with it. And I could whip it out and do different tricks with it, as anyone can. Sure. And mm-hmm. I was going to ask, because you seem to be wearing the the phallus, the, 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 um, the rubber phallus today. So... <laughs> you can... <laughs> Of course, you can see it through my spandex outfit, mm-hmm. which is sheer, and mm-hmm. I'm, and it's actually just sheer in that area because I touch myself there a lot, and right. I think you know guys mm-hmm. relate. Look, I never knew about this. I didn't understand. I've uh-huh. seen men touch their penises. I'm, I'm like, you know, scratch that private. Here I am. Now I have one. Can't get my hands off the thing. <laughs> oh, we can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you know what, uh, what, what, what me and Dylan were saying earlier. We were talking about uh, if we could do what you do flexibility-wise, we'd never leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, except maybe for opening night of Rogue One. That's and true. And some subsequent uh, mm-hmm. viewings. Because uh, that, that's what I want to rewatch in December, yeah. I can't believe it got pushed. Oh, boy. It's okay. Hey, hey, Dylan, calm down. Dylan, calm down. Calm down. You okay? Oh, what? 
He's having he's having a cry asthma attack. Uh, this is a thing that happens. It's it's onset by Star Wars related anxiety. Um, hey, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Oh my! Did that help? Wow. It helped. Dylan Sorry, better? I just can't believe that Rogue One was pushed to December when it was supposed to be released this summer. We already been watching it. Um, it just would have been uh, made this summer so much more epic than it already has been. <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to have an epic year to talk about Rogue One in mm-hmm. advance of Episode Eight, which will be coming out the December after. We're just going to have it's just going to be wall to wall Star Wars. So, so calm down. All Did right? you see Ghostbusters? I saw Ghostbusters. Yes. Did you like that film? It was epic. Wow, you think a lot of things are epic, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. What did you think? I, I saw I saw Ghostbusters. It was epically bad. Whoa. Whoa, hold on a second. You're like Roger and Ebert. Yeah. Hold on, dude. Well, you thought Ghostbusters was epically bad? Yeah, I thought that the only thing that should have been busted was the box office for that bad movie. <sighs> oh, my God. You, listen, you need to check your... Your privilege at the door, man, because this is fucked up. The only privilege I have is the privilege to watch and rewatch J.J. Abrams' Star Wars The Force Awakens, the greatest film of the 2010s. I do agree with you on that. But still, I thought Ghostbusters was epic. Excuse my uh, MRA-affiliated friend to my right. Well, I'm so sorry I brought that up. It seemed to cause a lot of tension between the two of you. Mm -hmm. R slash the red pill. Everyone get plugged in. God. Get some truth. Um, all right, Is so that what, Reddit. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a, a men's rights related subreddit. Mm-hmm. So open your eyes, everyone. Well, I can uh, check that out now. They got this swinging dick of mine. <laughs> now, you, did, were you were you in? Were you in the new Ghostbusters? I was not. No, like, oh, oh I would have loved it. You know, I love to be part of a franchise. As you know, I, I feel very happy mm-hmm. and stable when I have a franchise gig. Because um, I know there'll be more work for me, but you know all of the work that was done for the Ghostbusters film, the CGI ghosts that you see, mm-hmm. were played by children and elderly people. They were trying oh, to do a lot wow. of different stuff with that. So was this like a union thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, they were wow. trying to balance it out. I guess there haven't been they haven't been getting their their quota met, now, so they had to do it. I got a, I got an inside Hollywood question for you. Mm-hmm. I do, I only review and write about the world of Hollywood. I've never been an insider which tears me apart every day of my life. But I want to know, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Slimer, real couple offset? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, they are. Really? They played by a senior citizen couple. They're both in their late 80s, and wow. they've been together since they were 18. Oh, so my God. That was their, uh, they usually play background roles. They love doing background work. It's their passion and joy. And uh, they were given this role, and they, were, they couldn't have been happier. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. It sounds like the the uh, world of CGI actors is a pretty tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, we all go out every so often to get together, but there aren't there there aren't that many of us. You know, that's right. why I get to work so often. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it so much. There's not much competition. Right. Now, you're referred to as the Lady Circus. Mm-hmm. Does that... First of all, one, it sounds like it could be like Lady Circus, C-I-R-C-U-S. Uh, which, when you see how flexible she is, it kind of works on that level, too. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> Look at her go. I just did a spin. <laughs> wow, your arms really... I, I mean, I've never seen anyone with that much flexibility, even more than Andy Circus. So I was going to ask you, is that demeaning at all to be called Lady Circus? I feel like you should be known... Mm. He should be known as Mr. Or, uh, Mr. Butterman. 
Well, you know, he's been working longer than I have. So I think, first of right. all, he was mm-hmm. there first and then I come after. But also, I believe that men are more important than women. I think we should always put men first. Wow. Um, oh, wow. I, so, this is a really interesting stance. You're speaking my language. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, for me, it makes sense. I feel blessed just to be put in the same categories and to be seen as as talented as he is. Oh, we, that makes me feel good. I think you need to check your privilege right there. I uh, think that <laughs> you need to stand up for ladies in the entertainment business and that both of you should be ashamed and just check yourself on that because I think it's an issue. Okay, moving on. Oh, okay. I don't want to turn this into a debate oh, podcast because okay. I'll run you both into the ground. <laughs> okay, calm, Jeez, calm down, Dylan. all red. <laughs> okay, have another, have another little bit of your inhaler, buddy. Think of JJ. Think of JJ. Calm yourself. Anyways, we like spirited discussion on the show. Me so. too. I love to get passionate. You know, I like mm-hmm. to have my friends over and just fight. You know, speaking really? of passionate, wait, you have your friends over and just fight? Yeah. Wait, just just like, are you talking about physical fighting? It'll start uh, verbal. It'll right. go physical. Oh, so it'll, ask, it'll go from a debate to like a little underground fight club. Uh-huh. I like to just kind of see things through to the end. So if I feel that I'm not being heard or my friend feels I'm not being heard, I'll say slap each other. See, see who really ends up on top. Wow. Wow. And as you can see, I have big muscles. I haven't worked on these for a long time, so I don't feel very intimidated by basically anyone. Uh, yeah, definitely. We are. I can say for sure that we are both intimidated in this room right now. And also, <laughs> if you and I solved all our problems with fighting, we both knock each other out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we stick to the comment section instead. <laughs> all right. Let's Anyways, uh, I, oh, yeah. I, 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 was just, I was just going to say, Dylan, sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, but I, I, I wanna, I, I'm glad we were able to talk about your career, mm-hmm. Angora, but I want to remember that our, our, our key obligation here as part of this podcast, which is to delve into this minute yep. of, of The Force Awakens. And minute 18 begins with Hux and Kylo Ren yep. saying that they are going to find the droid and Jakku. Uh, and that's the, the tail end of that scene is, mm-hmm. is where this minute begins. And I, I would imagine that Monk Monk probably had a little pop in here. Uh, am I correct in that, Ingora? You are. No, that was a very important scene for Monk Monk uh, in the original script. Right. And we did do a lot. Um, I actually spent a full... I would say a full 20 hours shooting my portion of that scene. Wow. I was very involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically they were talking, and Monk Monk, uh, there was a computer behind them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and-, and that was also removed digitally, but you're, no, you're, you're, there should, I've read the script, and there yeah. was at one point. It was a Mac mm-hmm. computer. Yeah. I think um, that's why they took it out. Just yeah. for the land of, like, the world of Star Wars to just have a Mac computer. It kind of hurt the suspension of disbelief <laughs> mm-hmm. that they were on the bridge of Kylo Ren's ship and having a discussion with General Hux, and you saw a Mac computer in the background. And it was also, it was funny to me that it was one of those old Mac uh, notebooks with the really colorful uh, shells. Yeah. Yes, and they put the, a big piece of duct tape over the apple, uh-huh. um, so you could never know for sure that it was, but that's because they didn't have the rights. Right. Mm-hmm. A, a clumsy solution. I'm glad they removed it with the, using their extensive CGI budget. Well, I'm not because what mm-hmm. was on the screen of the computer, uh, uh, Kylo Ren had been looking. <laughs> and, uh, I must, this must be. I can't wait to hear what this is. <laughs> sounds like a real gut buster. Had been looking at a. Um, I laugh because of uh, we had a bunch of jokes on set that right. day. Uh, the content is not humorous. Okay. Um, he had on his computer. <laughs> Basically, a website. Mm-hmm. Um, the equivalent Kylo of Ren had a website up. <laughs> he had a website on his on his laptop up. Yeah. Okay. And from their world, it mm-hmm. was uh, their version of E Bomb's world. So there was. Oh, whoa! 
Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, and it was called Star Wars World. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait. <laughs> wait, so this is the first within the Star Wars universe that they acknowledge Star Wars as like that they know their own world is called Star, Star Wars. Wars World it was called? Yes. That's what and the that's what the, that the was new the, Disney the World comedy is. site. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that came from there, but of course, oh there God. is no proof wow. of that since it was cut out. But um, so on, he was watching a funny video before they started having their <laughs> discussion. And on the screen was Monk Monk doing something funny in the screen. So basically, there was a pool, an above ground pool right. at a kind of mm-hmm. a trailer trash home. And a mm-hmm. uh, family was floating in it and having fun. And then suddenly, mm-hmm. Monk Monk came naked, sprawling uh, and, and jumped off the <laughs> diving board. <laughs> Did a big belly flop right into the middle of the pool. Mm. And he was watching that initially and laughing. And then what happened was that Monk Monk, the character, came out of the, of the computer. Oh, my God. Oh, and, in, and into the real world. <laughs> wow. Imagine came that through we- the Apple laptop screen? Yes. Yes. Of course, wow. we're in Star Wars, so anything can happen. Sure. Mm-hmm. Came out of the screen and uh, pulled down Kylo Ren's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Just the lower half of his outfit? And he got all tangled in it. Oh, okay. Um, How would you describe what he wears? It's kind of a robish. Yeah, he's kind of got a cloak over, uh, over, I'd say, black body armor. Right, so that was all pulled in a way where he got tangled in almost like curtains. Gotcha. And he couldn't see, and and Monk Monk was nude and being funny and being just, you know, Monk Monk, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course, you don't know what that means, but... What that usually means is that's a funny prank at the end. Yeah. So we got him tangled up, and uh, everyone laughed and laughed, and extras came out of the wings, and they were laughing. Right. And then that all got cut. <laughs> so we did that for 20 hours. I mean, really, I was in, wow. I was in the water. It, we did it all in real time. So right. we shot, you know, on a that was a projected image onto the computer. I was in another part of the stage, jumping into the pool, doing the whole bit. And then I crawled out of the computer, which I did actually do because I can get very small. You can get very small. <laughs> oh, yes, of course, with your your, your body contortionist, yes. you, can, you can get very small. I don't actually appear to be, you know, bite size. Right. I'm saying I can just get, shrink up and be a tiny little, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not talking about some sort of Ant-Man-powered suit. No, that would be ridiculous. That would be mm-hmm. insane. Angora, I'm wondering, and, and, you know, I don't want to second guess uh, JJ and his vision, but no, do you, no, 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 it's the last thing we'd want to do on this podcast. <laughs> but how much of uh, how much of it was a miscalculation to have so many of Monk Monk's scenes involve him being completely nude? How? What was the question? How much was, was it? how much of a miscalculation oh, was it? For, oh, I'd say huge. I mean, yeah. really, it was a mistake. I mean, right. and I typically mm. agree with everything JJ does. But throughout mm-hmm. the process, I was thinking, shouldn't I have underpants at least? Yeah. Mm. I mean, you can still be funny in underpants. You know, it's yeah. not just about seeing a lot of big directors will have a man show his penis to be funny, kind right. of like a forgetting Sarah Marshall moment sure. or something. Mm. And yes, that is very funny. And of course, my genitals were monkey and human, and there's something funny about that. But um, mm. ultimately, I was wondering, even if we had on like, silk panties or something it would still be hilarious for Monk Monk to run around in this underwear mm, so yeah. I, I brought up panties I brought up boxers I suggested a full on outfit a suit I thought a suit would be hilarious mm-hmm. uh, but he said no 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 has to be naked I want to see that thing flop around I, right. I want to really get a feel for that and you would think that it being a CG 
animation mm-hmm. that they could re-edit the computer graphics to remove the genitals. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like how Chewbacca doesn't have exposed genitals, even though he stands nude. Mm-hmm. But they just they well, were they does. were married they're, to it. Well, they're not exposed, but they're so small they're just up in the fur. And oh, you don't see. interesting. Can I just say that I want to commend JJ for the choice that he made with this? Because you know what? It's actually kind of bullshit that you don't see Chewbacca's dick and balls. Um, if you're asking me, I think that George Lucas really kind of dropped the ball on that. We right. should see Chewbacca's uh, balls and dick hanging around. Anyways, um, <laughs> speaking of balls and dicks, we got to go on a break right now. <laughs> well played, Dylan. Maybe we'll try out that contortionist move we just learned. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> we'll see you guys back in one minute here on The Force Awakens Minute. I wouldn't classify myself as a good studier, you know? I don't really make flashcards, prepare. And, you know, it's been a while since I've really had to take a test besides my driving test when I moved to California um, and had to get my license again. Even that, I barely studied because I like to see what I can do if I wing it. Are you like that? Don't be like that. You could do so much better if you actually prepare. And if you have a real important test in your life, like the GRE or the GMAT or one of those impressive important tests— You should be studying in advance and preparing, and you can get a great score. Well, if that's something that kind of is difficult for you, Magoosh can help you do that. Magoosh provides online test prep for the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, SAT, ACT, TOEFL, TOEFL, can we say TOEFL, and Praxis. It can be hard to find the time and money to prepare for standardized tests, but Magoosh offers a better solution, affordable and effective test prep that's 100% online. You can log in anytime, anywhere, on your computer, tablet, or phone to study when you want, where you want. If you get stuck on a problem or concept, Magoosh offers friendly email help from their team of expert tutors. Magoosh's complete test prep starts at under 100 bucks, and they guarantee you'll improve your score or they'll give you your money back. Join the 1.5 million students who've chosen Magoosh. Go to Magoosh.com, that's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com right now and get 20% off with code LAPKISS at checkout. Thanks, Magoosh, for your support. Prep smart, go far, enjoy the ride. It's with special guest, Laura Lapkiss. Welcome back to the Force Awakens Minute. Buck Cumpson, alongside Dylan Panini. How you doing? We're discussing Minute 18 mm-hmm. of J.J. Abrams' Star Wars The Force Awakens with the female Andy Serkis, Angora Butterman, mm-hmm. who over the break just performed a miraculous impromptu mm-hmm. trapeze show here in the studio. It's one of the most spectacular things oh, I've ever seen in my life. Thanks. I'm sweaty now. You used your own body as uh, as the trapeze, which I've never yes. seen before. I flung myself through the air um, mm-hmm. using an over-under technique that I taught myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that basically ends up having my leg be a trapeze bar, and then I flip under it, grab my other leg in front of myself, almost like a monkey bars routine with just my body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I'm just have to wonder, Angora, and I don't want to second-guess your career choices, but... That was just so amazing to witness. Do you think you'd be better served doing, you know, Cirque du Soleil and instead of oh. sort of being this, this you know, anonymous CG actor who gets mm-hmm. turned into these uh, computer-generated creations that are voiced by other actors? You know, I tried that avenue first. Right. And mm-hmm. I was rejected. Um, really? Oh I could God. not get a job in Cirque du Soleil or any traveling circus or local circus um, in the state of California and the United States of America. So oh. I basically did the whole deal and was 
totally rejected. Did they give you any any explanation? Yeah, I think the biggest feedback I got and the most important feedback was my personality was flawed and that I seemed difficult to hang out with for long periods of time. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. I disagree. <laughs> and of course, as you can see from my mm. film career, people wanted to spend many hours with me. So... Yeah, you've That's seen true. you've seen very pleasant so far. I've Thank really enjoyed you. your company. You know, I've had to tone it down over the years. Right. Uh, I used to be a very boisterous. Uh, I used to have a drinking problem, sure. Uh, I used to have a lot of things going on that I don't anymore. Um, and I keep it real high and tight, uh, mm-hmm. my whole body and everything. So yeah, was one of those things you had going on that Fight Club, or is that is that something that's still continuing to this day? Uh, that was some, uh, let's just say I still do it. Okay. Uh, but I'm, t- I try not to be as vocal about it because people tend to get a bit uncomfortable. And, right. you know, um, sure. When I, uh, auditioned for the circuses, uh, yeah, if they told me on the spot that I'm not getting to move to the next round, sure. I'll fight someone. Sure. I'll go oh, attack. Mm, okay. I'll do a flying leap right into someone's jaw. You know, I mean, Boy. what do you want? Yeah. I don't, I don't really accept no as an answer. Yeah. Anywhere. Now, it makes me question. There was no, there was no fighting issues that caused your scenes to be cut from The Force Awakens, right? Oh, oh God! What is this fucking? What are you doing here? Trying to what, trying to expose me or something? Are you trying to? No. I thought this was going to be a flattering interview. We, we know we're we, big fans. We're big fans. We're here to discuss minute eighteen of The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and uh, we just uh, we, he's Dylan's asking an honest question. Okay. Um, <laughs> why don't you suck on your little? Lolly inhaler and come back down to earth for a second. Um, yeah, I had my, yeah, this was a difficult film for me. Um, I was going through something big, uh, something big and um, personal life and uh, caused me to be a little aggressive on set. Okay. And um, yeah, maybe that's why my scenes took so long. Sure. I don't know. I mean, that's why they got cut. You know, no one really sat me down and talked to me about it. Um, I was kind of escorted off set near the end of the film and told that I was done. And it wasn't really a firing so much as I just had completed my work. And I felt pretty good about it. But, um, yeah, I had a, I had some, you know, I got some demons <laughs> dealing with a bit of stuff right now. So that's what's happening. Hey, there's always, you know, we – fucking I uh, deal with um, – uh, some – we have our issues. We have our issues with each other, that's you for sure. You and fuck deal with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and Dylan will sometimes find cause to throw down. Um, really? You have fights? Last, last month, he accidentally uh, let my pet parakeet out um, wow. in my apartment. Yeah. And uh, it flew around. It was lo- it was out of its cage for the entire month. Your, your parakeet BB-9, mm-hmm. um, named after BB-8. That's right. That, that's, and I, I, uh, and I, I can't tell you how hard it is. You close your eyes and then you start getting pecked on the forehead. Constant pecking. Uh, it knew what it was doing. It knows what it's doing. I was clo- I would close my eyes and go to bed every night. Peck, 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 peck. Constant yeah. pecking. And you just allowed that. I, I couldn't ca- – every time I, I tried to grab him, he flew away. He's a bird. Um, oh, I did. A, I understood that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, he, he not, yeah, no, he was, he was pecking at my head. I barely got any sleep for a full month. I told you not to let him out. But you want to see him roll around like a BB-8, remember? Yeah. I thought that his name was maybe connected to his abilities as a parakeet and not, not end up being true. It was not true at Did all. Did he yeah. have no feet or something? He, yeah, he, he was footless. He was a footless bird. That's I actually – he was about to be put to sleep. Um, I went into the animal shelter and they actually had him on a slab and they were about to inject him with the euthanasia. In front uh, of the public? Yeah, there's a, a front window to the um, – 
to this animal shelter where they put the animals on display. It's a tactic to try to get people to come in mm-hmm. and to save their lives. And I saw this bird and I fell in love with it. It had no feet, uh, which, you know, uh, I, I, I'm an odd man <laughs> and I have some issues. You know, I, I have my inhaler and I thought, well, I can relate to this bird. It shouldn't be put down just because it's different. So I rescued him. I named him BB9 and he lives in my apartment with me in a, a little cage. And then you almost had a fight with each other over this creature. We, it's, it's, been, it's been a rough rough month, I'd say. You know, I guess I let curiosity get the best of me by opening the cage, and I never gave you a formal apology, Dylan, but I'm sorry for letting your parakeet BB-9 out of the cage. I accept your apology. Wow, and no no eye contact at all. Just staring off into different sides of the room. Yeah. I think we're best friends again. I, I, I agree. Um, Beautiful. Hey, hey, speaking of best friends, mm-hmm. uh, subsequently in minute 18, Ray and her new pal BB-8 go to sell scrap to the one and only Unkar Plett. Yes, yes, fuck yes. Mm, and that was a great scene. <laughs> Unkar, oh my God. Unkar is the, one of the, the, the most— breakout character. The breakout character of The Force Awakens. You don't think BB-8 is? <sighs> BB-8 is great. Get, let me get this straight. A droid is always going to be awesome, right? Droids just yeah. rule inherently. But Unkar Plutt is so badass and so different from every other Star Wars character I've ever seen. This guy, he, he gives out food for scrap metal. He gives out quarter portions for, f- for scrap metal. Yeah, and he doesn't take no guff from nobody. No, he, he is he's really – I wish – the only problem I have with Unkar Plot is that I wish she was in every Star Wars movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that's one character I'm glad was not left on the cutting room floor. Well, yeah, and that it does kind of break my heart that you're talking about this moment because I was in that minute. I was in that minute as well. Then the following scene at the end, Monk mm. Monk had a scene with Unkar, Unkar Plot. Oh my, yeah. oh my god, BB Eight. Yes. Wow. Um, it was. A great scene, and I was really sad about it being cut. This is one of the more devastating ones for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just at the end of their scene, after they have their discussion and their exchange, mm-hmm. um, Monk Monk um, spills out of a pile of scrap metal. Oh, um, cool. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and he gets cuts all over his body and scrapes. Oh, dude, that and would then, definitely have happened. That is, then, that's awesome. And what Monk Monk has, which I haven't mentioned, is that Monk Monk has AIDS. And so, <laughs> Monk Monk is canonically HIV positive in the Star Wars universe. HIV positive, he has AIDS. Yeah. He has AIDS. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, can I just it's, say it's grown past HIV? Can I just say <laughs> that that is the most epic choice that J.J. Abrams could have made to include a character that is HIV positive into the Star Wars universe, and it's actually fucked up that George Lucas didn't include an HIV positive character in any of the other Star Wars movies. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought it was really – it was an epic moment to be a part of this uh, point in history where uh, finally we're allowing this character to exist with, you know, multiple facets to this character. Right. Not just that he has AIDS, but – so he scrambles out of this, spills out however you want to say, of this pile of scrap metal, kind of tumbling out because he was playing a game with a friend in there. <laughs> Does this all come out in dialogue? He, like, kind of spills out and is like, I was playing a game with a friend in there? Yeah. Okay. And so that's backstory, but we mm-hmm. do include it in dialogue, and um, and I got to improvise a ton on set, which oh, was how a fun. Blast. Whoa, that's so, so awesome. fun. Yeah. So I got to create a lot of my own backstory and then bring it into the plot. You know? Great. So uh, you know, Monk Monk comes out, and what you don't know is that BB-8 and um, Unkar Plot mm-hmm. both had 
um, open source from a time when they were recently doing a Blood Brothers sort of pact. Uh, Whoa. Whoa, what? How were we denied? We were denied BB-8 and Uncar becoming Blood Brothers in the movie? I don't understand how you can cut that out of the movie. Yeah, it really changes a lot of the lore of the Star Wars universe. It does. And anyhow, Monk Monk has all these open cuts now from hit, getting hit mm-hmm. by all the metal. They both try to catch him from falling into what there's a pool, uh, a, above ground pool over there. Yeah, we know. The, the Actually, the giant space hog is drinking out of that pool. Do you remember? It's, it's minute 23. We don't want to get ahead of okay, ourselves. But yes, Finn goes to drink from the pool that the giant space hog is drinking Yeah, from. I am sorry that I'm encroaching on your next episode. That's with okay. That's, that's, fine. Okay. that's fine. It's cool. But um, <laughs> basically, Monk Monk's bloody all over, and they both grab Monk Monk with both of their hands or whatever BB-8 has is equivalent to that. Maybe a heart opening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a heart opening. Actually, BB-8 does. He does have a hand. Um, this all checks out. Uh, he gives thumbs up to uh, to uh, is it who, who did, uh, to Finn? He gives to thumbs Finn. up. Yes, to Finn. he gives a thumbs it's up. A, to it's Finn. a lighter. It's kind of a lighter, but it functions as a hand. Of mm-hmm. course, and I knew that. Of course, and I was kind of just testing you here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happens is he opens up his hand and grabs at Monk Monk, and so does the other character. And suddenly, they both have Monk Monk's blood going into their bloodstream. Oh my god! And quick question: Do do they shrink down and show the blood transfusion between Monk Monk and Unkar Plutt and BB-8? Like, we go into the bloodstream, like, a kind of like an Osmosis Jones type uh, scene? Yes, there is that scene, and uh, what's very fun about it was that J.J. had a bunch of familiar Star Wars characters floating down the bloodstream. Darth Vader's there, <laughs> Chewbacca... Princess Leia, they're kind of surfing or flying, boogie boarding, uh, mm-hmm. whatever their character would most likely do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're in there. And then, as you can see in uh, the bloodstream, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Monk Monk's blood says, spells out AIDS within itself with just the white cells and the red cells. <laughs> and then <laughs> the other two are they say HIV negative. That's what our, as we all know in ourselves, right. if you mm-hmm. cut yeah. yourself, you see HIV negative or positive based on what you have. I didn't sure. know that. That's good. You've never cut yourself hard enough, I mm-hmm. guess. And um, basically, they, you see it all meshed together, and both of those characters contract HIV in that moment. Oh, my wow. God. And so it goes from being kind of a pranky, funny moment yeah. where he's kind of tumbling mm-hmm. to then being a devastating moment for both of those characters that their lives are completely altered. I like the contrast from funny uh, moment into a heartfelt, serious moment. That's well, really it's, great. It's yeah. kind of what Star Wars is known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mean. and then, of course, they trimmed that right out. And yeah. um, you'll never know those char- the characters go on being healthy, you know. It wasn't even touched on in the film that they got sick. So, so but but in in this world, in our world, uh, right now, Unkar Plutt and BB-8 are HIV positive within the Star Wars universe. Yep, it's in there. Oh, I wow. mean, you know, whether they show it on screen or not, there are people walking around you right now who are sick, and you just don't know. So it's the same as that. There are people in that world who are sick, and they're mm-hmm. not sharing it. You That's- know, there's it raises so many questions because you have to wonder if in the Star Wars universe, like in our universe, there exists a three drug cocktail which you can take to kind of keep HIV at bay mm-hmm. um, so that you can have, you know, something approaching a normal lifespan or if it is a, a death sentence like it was, you know, earlier in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Monk um, Monk refused uh, any sort of care. Um, oh, wow. And Monk Monk has known about his AIDS for a long time and he's wanted to just see it out. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's just who his character is. Of course, if you knew him from the film, you would guess that about him. Right. He's a very strong character. <laughs> I think that's a brave move by uh, JJ. And I also think that including a droid that's HIV positive is actually another brave move. And I actually think it's kind of bullshit that George Lucas didn't include an HIV positive droid in the original Star Wars movies. And also, I, I also have to say that although – that Jar Jar Binks is complete bullshit and that the prequels are garbage, that this Monk Monk character to not be involved in this film, he seems like he seems like Jar Jar done right to me. Yeah. Yeah. So seems like we, Jar Jar honestly, 2.0. That's what everyone was saying on set during the during the filming. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess my personality, my my uh, wicked ways got in the way and I was of course cut out just as a personal vendetta from JJ Abrams. Mm. You know, and it's speaking of the mm. speaking of writing the wrongs of, of Lucas. Uh, I, I previously we all know his microbial mishap of including midi chlorians as an explanation for the force in episode one, which was so stupid. That it was, was just fucking so stupid. Stupid. But here we see JJ doing it right. Mm-hmm. He includes AIDS, and it's earned. Yes. It makes sense within the context of the yes. Star Wars universe. That, I mean, he must have, you know, Disney probably made him take it out to get it down under mm-hmm. three hours. But I mean, this this sounds like something I I would love to see on an extended Blu-ray. Me too. Yeah. And also. I hope that George Lucas literally becomes HIV positive, that he's pricked by by some sort of rogue needle while taking out the trash, and that he becomes HIV positive because what he did in those prequels by not including an HIV positive character is just complete bullshit. It's horse. It's it's horse. Oh, your hands are so clenched; they're turning bright white. Oh my god. Sorry. Oh my. Have some water, Dylan. Take a sippy. This 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 rogue glass of water. I actually don't know if that's your water. That I think that was in here earlier. <laughs> don't touch that water, Dylan. Here. Okay. Okay. But have there's water there in case you do need it. Yeah. Have something. Have a little oh. beverage. Um. All right. So BB-8. They go to talk to Unkar Plutt. Uh, he offers one half portion for mm-hmm. Ray's scrap. <laughs> <laughs> Rip off King. <laughs> Ray protests. So you just know that it's worth a lot more. Oh, you know it's worth. It was worth a half uh, half portion yesterday. <laughs> and then and then uh uh. So yeah. So then he gives her a an offer. That she almost can't refuse. Mm-hmm. 60 portions for her droid friend, BB-8. 60 portions. That's a lot of portions, if you don't know, if you don't understand this. Life uh, transforming. Mm-hmm. This is on the planet uh, Jakku. Jakku. This is when Unkar is trying to use BB-8 for scrap metal. He wants to get the BB-8 droid. What, what, he, we, what he wants to do with it, we've we got no idea with Unkar what he wants to do, whether he wants to sell it. Or give it to um, to Kylo Ren himself. Well, one has to wonder if the logic was somehow wrapped up in this previously excised monk monk BB-8 HIV positive subplot. Maybe, well, they, yeah. They did. They did have an exchange within that moment, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as of course they're becoming blood brothers. <laughs> BB-8 mm-hmm. says, "I'd let you do anything with me." Oh wow! And he means just um, living, right? <laughs> Any sort of friendship thing you would do. It wasn't sexual. Um, I don't know if you were thinking that, but of course that's not what he meant. And um, in that moment, they basically, as you know, they're getting Monk Monk's AIDS and everything is kind of their life is flashing before their eyes and they can see it's happening. Um, they realize, you know, this isn't how it's going to go down and I won't be able to sell myself for any amount. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. 
what would I do to get on my hands on a friend like that? <laughs> well, don't put your hands on him for real. <laughs> you have an open store and he has an open store. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, would, would you, hey, Dylan, mm-hmm. y- y- you kind of said like a hypothetical, like I wish I had a friend like that, but did you ever think that maybe you do? Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, BB9, silly. You're, you're a parakeet. That's what I was, oh, I was talking my about. God. I was talking about BB9. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How long have you guys been friends? Since we were 15. Yeah, we were 15, oh. and then we went to the same college, and we were, were dorm mates for four years, mm-hmm. and then we moved into the same apartment and have lived together ever since. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And we're now, we just recently turned 45, mm-hmm. so it's been quite a ride. Wow. We sleep in the same bed um, with uh, – there, there are actually two twin beds pushed together with cardboard right down the middle. Uh, um, Why? Yeah. So we don't roll into each other's space or anything. Yeah. But you want to be close. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're good friends. It also saves space within the apartment. <laughs> and, you know, you neither of you are in a relationship, I'm assuming. <laughs> the only relationship I'm with in is with the films of J.J. Abrams as a, oh. an avid fan. Likewise. Wow, that's well, that's beautiful. You know, I'm also an avid fan. Of course, I I mean, I watch the films and love them uh, as much as the next person. Um, but you know, it is healthy to have another relationship in your life besides that with uh, a film. Moving on. I'm I don't mean to speak out of time. no no. It's, it's okay. It's fine. Um, can I can, can I have some meat and uh-huh. uh-huh. oh, I think we should both that? should both inhale on it. Look at a lady in the tramp. This bitch. <laughs> I didn't know they worked like that. Mm, that was very sweet, actually. Now, I'm so sorry I got you both so riled up. I really didn't mean. It's 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 not your fault. I, I rarely I rarely get that. I don't actually have asthma myself, but I sometimes get a sympathy attack mm-hmm. when 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 I sense that Dylan is getting agitated. Yeah. Oof, that was painful to watch. I'm so sorry. We're almost like twins. Sometimes we'll. We, we both will have the same sensations at the same time. Wow. I see that you have almost matching outfits on head to toe. That's right. Yeah. It was funny the other day. This might be a little bit dirty, but it was nighttime. I said, hey, fuck, I'm rock hard right now. He said, he said, me too, Dylan. <laughs> and then what? Well, well, what stays on my side of the cardboard, what go, ends up on... Wait, what am I trying to say? What happens on my side of the cardboard stays on my side of the cardboard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of dick and balls, <laughs> we got to take another break. Yeah. And I got to hit the head. What? We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm. It's like Netflix for podcasts. The Comedy Bang Bang Live Tour is back on Howl this summer, and the three-part exclusive Comedy Bang Bang 2016 Tour Best of Special Listen to Scott, Paul F. Tompkins, and myself as we share our favorite moments from the stage and stories from behind the scenes. Hear the new stops from the Comedy Bang Bang Live Tour at Comic-Con in Montreal and Australia, which are all coming up. And you can't go to Australia? Well, you can hear every single performance on Howl the next day. In addition to the 2016 live tour, with Hell Premium, you get 42 more Comedy Bang Bang specials, along with exclusive access to more than 150 hours of original miniseries and audio documentaries, and over 100 comedy albums. 
If you haven't signed up for Howl yet, you can use code Lauren when you check out on Howl.fm to go get a month of Howl Premium for free. So you have to go to the website, go to your computer or your phone and go to Howl.fm and enter that on there. After the full month of a free trial, it's only $4.99 a month to get all this exclusive content on iPhone, Android, and on the web. To redeem your promo code, make sure you create your account on the web at Howl.fm and enter code Lauren at checkout. That's H-O-W-L dot F-M and use the promo code Lauren for a one-month free trial of Howl Premium. And I'll tell you, we had so much fun on the tour and we had so much fun making those best of episodes. So go check them out and listen up and have a laugh. Beans, beans, the musical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you feel, so let's eat beans at every meal. Hi, my name is Chad Buttdump, and I created that hit song. If there are any lawyers out there who can help me get money retroactively, it would mean the world to me. Please email me at cbuttdump at gmail.biz. Thank you so much. It's with special guest, Laura Lapkus. Welcome back to The Force Awakens Minute. We're talking Minute 18 of Star Wars The Force Awakens, directed by the great J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Fuck Cumson, alongside Dylan Panini. And we are, we are here with our regular segment, Tracy Reardon's Help Me Rhonda. She is going to give some advice. Um, and uh, uh, Tracy, how are you doing today? I'm good, fuck. How are you? I typically don't say that word, but um, you put me in a spot I can't get out of. You know, it was some, it ran into it was an issue that I ran into throughout my uh, schooling days, mm-hmm. and it is an ethnic name. It is an Estonian name. And Cumson. Um, Cumson is also well, well Estonian. My mother is Estonian, and Cumson is Scottish from the Cumson clan. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sticky clan. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> how about you, Dylan? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for coming. Thanks so much for having me. I love being here. You know, um, my Twitter feed is blowing up. People have a lot of questions about being a movie critic and Star Wars and all that good stuff. So I'm going to hop right into my line. Okay, cool. Um, this one comes from D. Weg S. at Diddymus. His picture is like a guy in the car being like, um, aside from Star Wars episodes one through three, what other films can properly be? What other movies can properly be called films? Huh. Wait, is he saying besides episodes one yeah, through three? Yeah, he says Star Wars episodes one through three are films. What else is a film? <laughs> I mean, by that standard, anything ever nominated for a Razzie is a film. Yeah. Because he talked about three of the worst movies in cinema history. That almost ruined the Star Wars franchise. This guy, I hope that if he's in a car, he's about to get into some sort of epic car crash. Because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Those can't be considered films, okay? Whoa, you heard it here first. You're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this question comes from Ryan at A Frosty Winter. His picture looks like um, one of those white guys from Star Wars but zoomed in. Um, how did Boba Fett know to hide in the Star Wars Destroyer's floating space trash to find the Millennium Falcon? Well, well. How did he know? The logic of this mm-hmm. uh, sounds like the kind of thing that would have been fully explored in a deleted scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I know about that. Um, that was also a scene Monk Monk was in. Wait, oh my god, Monk Monk was in this. So you were in this. You were working a long time. I didn't realize how old you were. Cause <laughs> oh that, yeah, because Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980. My flexibility doesn't really show you, but I am much older than you. Guess how old wow. I am? Um, well, I'm gonna guess we're 45. I'm gonna have to say uh, 57. A little bit older. Uh, 62? That's correct. Oh, my wow. God. I was right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Congrats. 
Um, but he you knew look to, great, by the way. Oh, look fantastic. I know, I know, I know. He knew to hide in the trash because Monk Monk uh, told him to. He basically came over and whispered in his ear. He, uh, at that point, Monk Monk was looking very similar to the Wizard of Oz flying monkeys. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was just so you can get a vision of what he looked like. But uh, he came over and just whispered in Boba's ear. <laughs> No, the the get in that trash. The original Star Wars mm-hmm. trilogy was not known for its computer generated effects. I mean, this was cer- certainly the, I feel like at the time computer effects were pretty crude as seen in the movie Tron. Oh no, it was very uh, what it was, it was just like the monkeys in Wizard of Oz but right. then it had a, a human face showing through and okay. it was not my face. It was a uh what do you call it? Um like Mrs. Doubtfire kind of thing. Oh, a prosthetic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh wow. It was, was like it, a Mrs. Was, Doubtfire. Oh, the face that would be go on to be used in Mrs. Doubtfire? Yes. Oh, my God. Monk Monk. So George Lucas, like, robbed us of a Monk Monk appearance. Uh-huh. You know what? As much as I agree with J.J. Abrams removing Monk Monk for his narrative vision, mm-hmm. George Lucas should be condemned for robbing us of Monk Monk mm-hmm. when he clearly belonged in these original films. That scene actually doesn't make – now that you say it, it doesn't make much sense. It needed that Monk Monk <clears throat> explanation. Did I just want to – out of curiosity, did he still have the, the phallus? The, did you still have the phallus oh, strapped yeah. on at this that point? That was a different one. I mean it looked more like a broomstick. Uh, uh, it was a hard – like the end of a broomstick. <laughs> it was just a hard little nugget. Kind of like, um, you ever had handy snacks where they have those breadsticks in there? Yeah. It was like that, but big. So just like a broomstick, but edible. How much bigger? Um, like the size of a broomstick. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> monk, monk. <laughs> Sounds like Monk, monk was packing some heat. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wait. Well, moving right along. Um, <clears throat> This one comes from Miguel Diaz Jr. at Disturbed Zero N3. His picture is a little girl who's like, I'm cool. Um, I'm looking for a rating system that hasn't been done before, so no stars or thumbs. Any suggestions? Um, So this is a question about you guys just being movie critics. I mean, do you guys use a system besides stars or thumbs, or do you have a suggestion for Miguel of what to do? Um, Yeah, I get a pretty good suggestion, courtesy of an icon named Unkar Plutt. Quarter portions. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, use quarter portions. I mean, of course, I haven't seen Star Wars. Um, I haven't seen any of the Star Wars films. Uh, you guys, you guys know, as I mentioned every time yeah. on the show, I have butt piercings that don't allow me to watch any movie longer than 30 minutes, so I don't watch TV shows. Um, we really got to get you to watch these movies. I know, but I kind of like not knowing. Mm-hmm. It does bring a fresh perspective. It does. Um, this one comes from... Um, Shampoodla at Shampoodla. His picture is a dog with a wig on and sunglasses. And it's a corgi if you want to know specifically. Oh, thank you. What's the best way to tell famous actors and actresses you don't like their movies, but you still want to buy their underwear? Huh. Who's selling underwear as a, who's an actor? Yeah, I don't know what, what movie stars have famous underwear. Michael brands. Jordan. So oh, Jordan. And yeah. he was in Space Jam, he was in Space which I know Jam. from his IMDb. And Haynes commercials. <laughs> I think you should just tell him, hey, man, you're one of the best dunkers of all time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you'll probably never tell him because you won't see them. So probably just keep it to your damn self and just buy the undies. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great call. All right. Well, that sounds pretty good. This one comes from Joey at Joey in Tucson. His picture is a guy with a Yoda on his back. 
Huh, I believe cool. JoJo is misunderstood and underappreciated. Thoughts? Hashtag are, be nice to JoJo. Are you out of your freaking mind? Oh my god. Jar Jar is the worst thing that has ever been put on celluloid. He is an abomination. I just, Dylan, I, I can't believe, I can't believe what I'm hearing here. This is, this goes against everything that we've worked for as critics. This is fucking bullshit, man. Do you even know what you, Jar Jar is an abomination, man. He almost ruined our lives. He made me, every time I think about Charger, I just, I'm getting so upset now. Now I, I need to cool down. I need, I just need to get out of some of these clothes. I'm just, I'm so, I'm getting so hot and bothered oh, by this. No. I'm just going oh, yeah. no. to take my shirt off. Oh, uh, no. Feel a little better. Whoa, nudity. Oh, Whoa. I'm going to cinch these, I'm going to cinch these oh, cargo Yolanda. shorts down a little bit. Oh, God. Just your butt is exposed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I'm just Why so is he mad. Butt out? I'm just so mad over this. I just I feel like I need to get like monk monk and just just expose everything and just be out and about. I support it. Spin yourself around like a oh. little baby I, on a top. I can join you. <laughs> oh Well everyone's getting naked and they'll have an asthma attacks. <laughs> Whoa, this is stressful and your butts are out and I feel weird. Um, it feels good to be like Monk Monk. Yeah, it, it sure does. Yeah, and just a reminder that Monk Monk is a fictional character that you've never seen, but I am happy that you're really getting in on board with what he what his, what his he does, you know? Well, and Gloria, um, you've painted such a great picture. I, I feel like I, I know him like as well as I know a good friend. Oh, thank yeah. you for saying that. You know, I really do believe he is. I mean, I believe he's real. I believe when I play any character that they are a fully realized person slash monkey, whatever I am being. Uh, and I appreciate that you guys saw that. Oh, all right. It's getting really weird in here. And by the way, I can see your penis, ma'am. Um, yep, you can. <laughs> you know, uh, Dylan, I'm realizing despite living together for close to 30 years at this point, I've never actually seen you in the buff. Yeah. I haven't seen you in the buff either, fucked in. <laughs> I... I, I gotta say, you don't look too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look too bad yourself. <laughs> um, do you guys want to be alone? <laughs> no, no. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> the only thing I want to be alone with is the, the films of J.J. Abrams, <laughs> namely Star Wars The Force Awakens, so I can absorb every minute and, and analyze it mm-hmm. on a podcast with my good friend. I honestly feel like I shouldn't be in here. Like, I'm 17, and this feels like really inappropriate. We had to see two 42-year-old butts in front of me. Um, and your chests are really weird, not to be wooed, but they both have, like, really strange tattoos. Is that, like, a twin tattoo you guys have on there? Like, what is that? You're the matching, the kind of, like, a half and a half, like a best friend's necklace. Yeah, we each got one half of, of Darth Maul, the mm-hmm. only redeeming part of episode one, uh, the antagonist. Um, and uh, we've never actually tried to push them together yeah we've never you have yours on the left side of your torso i have mine on the right side of my torso whoa put them together and see what happens i guess we could i guess we could see what happens okay here we go here we go whoa the womb is lighting up and shaking what's happening what's happening i can't stop spinning help somebody stop thing Whoa. there's like an energy coming in here it's like the whole room is filling with midi chlorians yeah there's some transference i feel like we're becoming one we're becoming one person Whoa. 
no longer are we one quarter portion of peace. Now we are whole. Congrats. Oh, thanks so much for having me on the show, guys. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. Um, this was a delight. I feel very lightheaded. <laughs> it was so weird. You guys are, you became one. <laughs> um, thank thank you, you for, for coming. coming. <laughs> you have <laughs> made, made us complete. <laughs> Angora uh, Butterman. Butterman. A true... Pros, pro. Thank you, thank you very much. First, First thing, thing we, we do when we get home is remove the cardboard. <laughs> Thanks to Magoosh for sponsoring today's episode. Magoosh's online test prep is the easiest way to prep for the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, SAT, ACT, TOEFL, or Praxis. Magoosh offers top quality lesson videos and practice questions at an affordable price. Go to magoosh.com, that's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com right now to get 20% off with code LAPKISS at checkout. Now here it is! Hey everyone, this is Scott Aukerman of Comedy Bang Bang. I want to tell you that Now Hear This is a brand new podcast festival that's happening this fall. Get ready for a weekend of live performances and opportunities to meet your favorite podcasters. Now Hear This will feature podcasting titans like me, Scott Aukerman, doing Comedy Bang Bang Live in addition to How Did This Get Made, WTF with Mark Marin, with special guest Lauren Lapkus, Brilliant Idiots, and more being announced all the time, including plenty more Earwolf and non-Earwolf favorites. It's all happening in Anaheim, California, October 28th through the 30th. You'll get Halloween off. Don't worry. Buy your tickets now and get all the details at nowhearthisfest.com. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit earwolf.com. This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Raisa Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents. We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que no está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hola, Nezea. Spanish Aki Presents. <laughs>